I honestly don't think it is. I think that uh, podcasts uh, are really misrepresented because it's such an easy platform to in- to get into. Uh, I guess just by the nature of the fact that there aren't really any rules and you just have to have a microphone and talk. But I think a lot of people really do. Even f- even really really hilarious comedians that are brilliant on stage sometimes make really boring podcasts, and uh, it's because they think that all you have to do is talk. Mm. But there's something about yeah, it's like a it's like maybe it's dependent on the two people in this case too, uh, in it. But like whatever you create, like just from trying to, I think it's about attacking an idea. Like you really have to attack an idea genuinely. Well, Got to be so aggressive. Such a man about it. It's just so aggressive. Just you, you all I know is anger. You can't respect. You can't respect the idea. You have to attack it. Right, now, right. But coming from my perspective, can't you come up and say hello to the idea? <laughs> introduce, introduce yourself politely. Introduce yourself politely, idea, and then f- ask ask it how its day's been. <laughs> Why can't you just do that? <laughs> He's like, no, I have to attack it. Yeah, um, right. I think I think record I think recording for several hours at a time is it, it's my bread and butter, and it works for me, and it's easy for me because I'm just so awesome. Mm, no, because mm. because the people that I choose the people I choose to do podcasts with are people I can already outside of the podcast talk to for hours and be enlightened and engaged and have fun and and share insights with. It's it's already possible with yeah. those people. Yeah. So doing it with the mics and the recording is just easy. I get you. So so it works. So when I I'm sure when I said the first time that my first podcast session lasted three hours, you were like, "Whoa, that is a huge block of time." Right, right but exactly. You're coming from I'm coming from the perspective of me and this particular person can talk until the sun is up. I will go over well, to her house at seven at night and yes. we will talk until six in the morning, and it is right. easy to do that. So right, three hours right. is nothing to us. Well, that's what's so strange to me because I always felt like the same person um, as far as that level of talking. The thing was that I just in terms of bouncing off another individual, like you're really now, it's not just about me, it's mm-hmm. about the other person. So like I never really had the type of, I guess, I never I never assumed it would be just like, oh yeah, of course, three hours. If I was talking about myself, which I I did like six episodes of a, by myself on a, on a podcast before I did the one with, uh, with uh, Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, the Negroni show before we started that um, I did want like six episodes I think the sixth one I brought a comedian in a friend of mine at the time to interview but the rest were just solo and the thing was as much as I do love talking about, <laughs> about yourself well not <laughs> about about release and power and whatever may come up mm-hmm. is that um, you know I I I it's the other, the, really the other person that makes it worth it. Mm. I mean, really, because I was doing it by myself and I did five episodes and I was like, yeah, of course I can keep going. But, you know, I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. The dynamic. Yeah. It felt like the lack of a dynamic. Right. It felt like, okay, this is air and me. And I need someone to fill the air just because it makes me more, feel more real to like actually engage with a human being. Okay. It, you know. Um, but maybe there's sort of a different, uh, uh, relationship between that as far as, I wonder if there's also like, um, I'm just talking about studies, like there has to be a study or something, but like the energy of podcasts that are hosted by one person as opposed to multiple. It depends on the person. 
Because mm-hmm. I can see myself being right. super bored by hearing right. my own voice and my own. Now, it's not to say I don't. It's not to say I don't have a lot to say, mm-hmm. and I couldn't come up with the same topics to talk about on my own as I could by having a dialogue with another person. Of course, I could, mm-hmm. um, and especially if I've had a cocktail or two, <laughs> <laughs> I could be very dynamic. Yeah, just on my own. Alone, but I live alone. So. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> technically, I live with a whole lot of cats. So technically, I don't live alone. You don't uh, drink alone either. I, I don't. You got your cats they're with they're you. always right next to me. <laughs> so, That's yeah. Beautiful. So, like, could I make it work? Yes, but I specifically went out of my way to find co-hosts because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. There is, there's just like you said, there's just right. a lack of dynamic. I could make it sound good and make it sound dynamic for the audience. Just me talking by myself and drinking my drinks. And here's what we're going to talk about today, people. Right. But I would rather sit here and have a dialogue with another person. Right, right. And it is, in fact, I mean, as far as like, we can assert that it is, but I'm trying to think of a fair comparison. I was going to say it's a genuine dialogue. Because, you know, uh, I love comedy. I love some sitcoms that are out there. But when I watch some certain shows, and I hear the laugh track, and I just hear that sort of even if it wasn't a laugh track, the people are doing it willingly. Like it happens exactly when it's supposed to happen and it feels sort of packaged and canned, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think there's a lot of podcasts that lean into that um, willingly and others that just sort of end up uh, adjacent to it just by not really figuring out how to keep a topic driven. Right. That's what I I think a real genuine conversation between two or three or whatever people brings to uh, this sort of art form. Mm -hmm. It can also get out of hand. It can also, you can have someone who's just, Mm -hmm. and I recently went through something like this where I tried to, and not interview, I don't, I don't consider it an interview, I consider it a conversation, but I tried to bring on someone who in regular conversation is very, very funny and very charming and very dynamic and great. And then as soon as that record button went on, it was just. Really? It was just a shit show. It was just terrible. But did it get erratic or was it like... Yes. They, oh, okay. Well, well, like I said, also because they chose to drink and smoke a lot before doing it, I guess right. out of nervousness and they weren't really sure if they wanted to, but they sort of right. half, half, haphazardly and half-assed agreed to do it and chose to drink and smoke because of that, even though I encouraged them to not drink and smoke too much before doing it. And mm-hmm. then they weren't listening to the the suggestions I was giving them to make the recording sound good right so it was just it was just like oh right. this is just a waste of time yeah yeah that's right i mean that in that sort of situation i guess you know you really do have an individual who's not really ready to do what they have committed to doing right and i guess a lot of you know as we as we grow up and i i understand he's in his 40s so uh <laughs> 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 uh we learn more i guess but uh it sounded more like a story of a late 20s individual maybe something like that at the most <laughs> I, I'm a very I'm a literal person and you're not going to hurt my if you don't want to do it just say no if you don't want right. to be on my podcast just say no if you're right. uncomfortable just say no he was doing the slow no he was doing the that's well, not even a full no it's that's not, not it wasn't even, even a, a full no. no it was it was oh yeah bring your equipment over and then if I if we feel like it or if it's the right time then we'll do it and right. ultimately what he really wanted to say was no yeah it's like if someone invited me to dinner and then I would be like you know what Bring your shit and cook. Maybe I'll feel like eating. Maybe I'll feel like, Maybe I'll feel like it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it smells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy, actually. Just go fuck yourself and do your shit and yeah. I'll do my shit. But... Uh, yeah, that's, that's really too bad. I think that like there's, yeah, I think there's a, the, a good, so much good to be had from just having two or more, you know, in this case, two just energies kind of, conf- 
I could say conflict, but that's too aggressive. We haven't conflicted Contrast. yet. Contrast. Well, we. Contrast. That's also that could also be ag- aggressive, but there's I'm sure there. Contrast. Yeah. Well, I, to oh, me, conf- contrast and conflict are, are energetically similar. Um, I was going to say converge because oh. even if we're even if we have you know a different opinion. We we've had conversations where we're on opposite sides of of the opinion, but okay. but I but I didn't necessarily feel like it was a problem. It was just we thought different things about about right. the issue. Right, I get you. I guess where I'm coming from in this is the angle of a performer because uh, uh, I don't mean to. I mean because when they taught us acting, it was like the whole nature of a scene is is the con- is the con- they called it a conflict, but it was like we had a completely different definition of that word. It was okay. not negative at all. Right. It was like these are two opinions being expressed in a room and that's exactly what these people came to see if you are really worried about not being um the the pro he told us to be the problem okay he was like this is what you're going through in this moment and you're really trying to assert this perspective and the audience needs to see that okay you know so that's kind of it's a, i guess it's a theatrical definition of conflict it is and that is different <laughs> than a real world definition i understand what you're talking about is conflict and storytelling the general idea of storytelling is like like the general thing is that when you tell a story yeah. about a protagonist well, that protagonist fair, that's where i feel like we're here that's are we stories po- we have feel like a podcast is a narrative like well, it's literally your we haven't really told stories yet we're, no, we're just no no okay well then i'll i don't mean to i can but i just finish. i just yeah, want to yeah. say in general storytelling what i've learned and i'm sure this is something you'll um you'll understand is that when you are telling a story through a medium like a play or like a movie or like a tv show you're what you're what you're doing is watching the main usually the main character Going for a goal and mm-hmm. get in and having to go over obstacles to get to that goal. So that's so the conflict okay. is the obstacle, yeah. and it's not necessarily negative. I mean, it could be. It's also sometimes a uh, a main character who just didn't have any or didn't have, any, and then it was like their their shit was offset by something that happened to them, and then like they they have a lot of different. You know, th- there's ways they they go through a transformation. Right. The main character goes through transformation for sure. That should be major. Or doesn't. <laughs> like you think they're going to you think they're going to be transformed and then the twist is that they're a- they're actually the exact same person or worse than they were when you started out. Well, then I guess the fair way to say it is like you get to watch the main character struggle with the transformation. Okay. Yeah. That's the point of a movie that affects you. Right. I okay. Guess. You know, among other characters in there or whatever. But the main character goes, is, is, is confronted with a transformation. Okay. And either <laughs> rises to it or, <laughs> or falls under it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's not a good transformation, he resists it or he falls, he succumbs to it. Succumbs to it if it's negative. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. That's, that's sort of like, I guess the nature of what we could accomplish in a good podcast is like having, talking about, things that we have come to points that we have both come to mm-hmm. and we have different understandings of and we hear each other's ideas and then we talk about how and basically one of us talks the other one is affected and then that person responds being affected with a new sort of uh, a mixture of what they know with with the person they're talking to and it's like that but i still i feel like that is the nature of podcasting uh which it i feel like it leads to storytelling like almost inherently okay I understand that. Look, I'm trying to think of an example of a podcast that that I, I'm not trying. I don't know about anti storytelling, but just doesn't accomplish uh, a storytelling nature. Like if it was about sports, you know, fishing or fishing. There's some, there's some stories in fishing. Ooh, I got this whopper to tell you. Yeah, right. Dating and uh, and it's all it all begins with like you know 
like I love doing the impression of Michael Bobaro from The Daily. You know, do you ever listen to The Daily? No. It's just it's just so um, it's wonderful because he's a really good. Uh, uh, he really treats listening in a performative way, and it in a way that helps the audience. So he'll really just actively engage with whoever he's talking to, and you'll hear him make noises. He'll be like, mm, okay, mm, mm, yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, wait, talk about that. <laughs> Active and, listening. Yeah, when he when he opens up every show, he just says, here's what you need to know today. Oh, boy. Here's what you need to know today. <laughs> and it's so, like, uh, reassuring, you know. But the nature of it still feels like, Starts with Russia, and of course, this is like uh, journalism. Journalism yeah. is based in like you know storytelling on a sort of uh, shortened scale or, or like condensed sort of format. But I feel like podcasts elongated sometimes, but we really do try to accomplish a certain thing. That basically, when you're done listening, you you feel like you you uh, you absorbed information, you know, in a certain way. It's not quite like absorbing a feeling, I guess. It depends on the podcast. If I if I have feelings along the way, for sure. By the way, but yeah, if I have any uh, influence over over what whatever we're doing right now turns into, yeah. um, <laughs> why would you not? I don't. I don't know. Because because I don't know. <laughs> Because it's, it's your equipment, and I don't know. I just I'm oh in your my house. God. No, this is a, this is a collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> like this is your thing. I'm just I'm just showing up. I don't oh, know. That's hilarious. Um, no, that's why we talked about this before we started recording. Like, what, what are we trying? What to are get we? Tr- out of what are we trying to do? What are we trying yeah, to accomplish? What are we trying to accomplish? Whatever I try to do, there. If I'm not trying to <laughs> at least be somewhat informative and and create value for people, and for, I guess for value value for me doesn't just mean oh was I in entertained like to me value also means i i learned something or um i took a, i took a, an insight from what i listened to and i can apply it in my life or oh that was really helpful maybe not for my situation but i know someone who i think could benefit from what i from what i listened to to me um generally speaking if i'm not trying uh-huh. to accomplish that i i will lay that out specifically and be like this is not Anything educational, this is just for comedy or this is just for entertainment. Wow. But because this is a part of the regular thing I want to do. And I, you know, right. we're, we're talk, we talk about this stuff anyway. We talked right. about right. lots of stuff exactly. that is all the human condition and understanding people and how to get along in the world and why are we here and what yeah. are we supposed to do. That's how this came about. That's how it is. So I feel like as long as we're being entertaining and to a degree – educational at least at least to the point that that like someone can choose what they take from us versus like i have sources and i have you know it's just like this is experiential no i get you i i really think we're coming from to the same moment from the fact that you are coming from either like maybe a uh if if i could try to try to name it a combination like a philosopher teacher's approach Mm -hmm. and i'm coming at it from a comedian performer approach okay where um in my mind there is no like the fact that I said storytelling doesn't uh, at all limit its entertainment in my mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The goal always with storytelling is is expression. Okay, and and therefore inherently teaching, and and if it's a good performer, listening as well because like you know that's part of it. But like your your the analysis is the analyses that I have are from that okay. from that area. You know, analysis is analysis. They're they're from that perspective. So in my mind, it's like I already I already in my mind analyzed the word storytelling, and I was like, no, this is about 
all all that I'm suggesting is that it's crafted to be listened to by people who are paying attention not only to the message but to the actual delivery. Right. Because that's one of the biggest problems with academia <laughs> is that because uh, I grew up surrounded by teachers and my dad was the uh, first the uh, administrator of the, like the he ran the art center at this uh, the wealthy private school that I went to when I was in Oklahoma. Okay. And so this art center, I say wealthy because art center like it had like a dance studio and a workshop and a black box theater and a main theater that held like almost 2000 people or something like that. Wow. And like, yeah, fancy, fancy digs. And then he was the middle school principal for the last three years that I lived there when I was in middle school. So my mom taught voice lessons at home at the house. So it was constantly that teaching energy that I was around. And I think teachers, you know, who really do focus on making sure the person, especially the best teachers, making sure the person that they're talking to, uh, child or adult, whatever, is listening and absorbing and and uh, following through and developing. For some reason, there is this lack of attention to, you know, is this entertaining? <laughs> <laughs> and so entertainment in this way kind of, it has a double meaning. Yeah. You know, it's like it can mean also in some ways lacking in substance. Like, yeah. Okay. Yes. And in other ways, it can mean bringing life to substance. Right. <laughs> Some my favorite teachers were entertaining. Yeah, they obviously I learned mm -hmm. in their classes, but mm -hmm. they also knew how to keep and hold our attention, how to get our attention, and how to hold our attention, and how to make learning more fun. Absolutely, they knew that the best teachers understood that. Yeah, and I would have learned a lot better history if uh, they just not that it was around when I was young, but yeah. drunk history. If you just put on Absolutely. an episode of drunk history, Absolutely. I would have learned more. <laughs> this is so yeah. This is a guy in the neighborhood who actually I'm a little concerned about trying to do this with him because we've had like great moments in conversation. We've also had contentious moments that were too difficult to get around. Mm -hmm. But we're like at peace now. Everything's fine. But we had a really good idea that we came up with together. I think it was a probably it was his idea. But either way, I think I jumped on it when he said something about um, a comedic interpretation of the Bible. And I thought, well, we have to have the Bible. We have to go through phrase by phrase with like five comedians sitting around and talking about it. And one uh, theological scholar uh, moderating the conversation. So basically saying we're starting with this phrase. And going there. And then whether they decide to go in order or they go in whatever, comedians follow. And they're like, so what the fuck does that mean? So, so wait, okay, the husband was 120 <laughs> and the wife was 90 and she had a baby. That's <laughs> what it says? You know, like, yeah. and you talk about uh, whatever it is that's going on in the story at that time. Hmm. You know? I think that's very, that's very wonderful. I love that. It could go wrong in so many ways, but if it's done right, it, it could be amazing. Wrong. It should go like, wrong. It should. Like, that's the whole point. Like, <laughs> religion has been, religion. It, it's supposed to be connected to spirituality and growth. Oh, like, no. Who told you that? Uh, Who lied to you? <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm, it's that's about. That's why I don't believe in shit. Because everybody, you know what I mean? It gets to be about the hats. <laughs> <laughs> but the Pope got that big hat. He's like, "Woo, look at my hat!" Yeah, it's just a fashion <laughs> statement with a giant dowry. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there's so many reasons to get together and try to figure out topics and yeah. try to break down ideas. Um, and there's so many things that we haven't really figured out. 
the there's you know in comedy a lot of it has to do with i guess like if you were to talk about the most contentious topics in comedy are surrounding like louis ck and i don't mean to say like that they're talked about a lot right now yeah it's not it's about a couple the years amount. ago but it was but it's still the issue is there oh yeah of course yeah the it's, issue was there the issue not even i mean not even i mean of course the issue is there i don't i mean like even even specifically his issue is still there like it wasn't really there there are some things that happen when let's say you uh you know you 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 rob a bank or something and then you go to prison and then you come out when you leave there's a wide variety of reactions and i think people um sometimes people are like once a criminal always a criminal and they mm. have this mentality other people are like you, you paid your dues you know what i mean are we back? Or how do you feel? What's going on? You know, are you ready to do this and this? And then with, but with Louis, I think that uh, it's still, it's just in this perpetual state of unresolved. And he's just going to basically sneak back in as shit dilutes mm -hmm. and becomes less important. And I don't even mean to say sneak back in in a, a, um, a way that disparages him specifically for that. Like, because... In my mind, he's a person who's just incredibly brilliant and um, had a lot of, like, like on the one hand, completely natural sexual urges. On the other hand, completely fucked up ways of achieving them. Mm -hmm. And it so happened that this happened uh, not only in personal circumstances, but professional ones. So when you add, and the only reason professional matters is because it adds a layer of power. Mm -hmm. And power in a capitalist society professional circumstances is all but everything yeah it's 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 you're talking about fucking with someone's money right because whatever and i still don't know what the fuck happened like did was the door locked like were the two women could they literally not leave the apartment like people don't talk about that shit right you know like was it basically i want to know if he was standing by the window next to a plant and jerked off into the plant because there was some other i can't remember what it was about him jerking off into the plants but if the two were by the door and it was unlocked and they stood there and watched and didn't leave, I want to know if he was standing by the door. And I really want to know that shit. You, there's because, do you need the details? I uh, to me that stuff really makes the picture in in a situation, especially in a situation that is so emotional and important. Like I can't imagine how those details couldn't matter. Okay. But there are so many instances, and this leads into the next person I'll bring up, which is Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. Where people I talk to are gay and trans who are like, I I mean, of course I'm upset about the specials and of course I haven't watched them yet. Like that, the I can actually see the reasoning behind that entirely. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it makes the follow-up conversation difficult mm -hmm. because the entire product we're discussing, they haven't seen. Mm -hmm. So I I struggle to figure out how to handle the next moment because I'm not trying to make them be traumatized by dealing with issues that they deal with all the time, violently sometimes or whatever. Right. But I don't know how to address the problem unless we both witness it or the artistic representation of the problem. So can I give you my, yeah. um, inter my singular interpretation of, of both of those instances and I'm sure the, the general overview of comedy right now is that it's it's a minefield landscape out there and um, the it's last funny <laughs> it's funny 
<laughs> it's just, it's just, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, they, they say what comedy is dead because you can just get, you can say the wrong thing and get canceled and that's it. Whereas right. you are allowed to say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing and to, and to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to be wrong before. Right. Right. And you're not allowed to be wrong anymore. And if you're rich, you just find loopholes to make wrong look right and right. do whatever you got to do. Yeah. And, um, but th- I think, I think part of the problem is, the idea that before it's you that gets canceled, I think a lot of people are like, I mean, hey, people have the right to not vote for you with their dollar. Mm-hmm. And then once someone gets canceled, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah. I'm being personally attacked and this isn't right. And it's like right. nobody, censorship is not real unless it's the government coming to put you in jail. If that's not happening, it's not actually censorship. It's people voting with their dollars. It's hilarious. You sound like Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> great, a great comedian and a philosopher philosophizer for the ages <laughs> yeah it was like yeah sorry yeah yeah no it's it's just people not having consequences is different from not being censored you have you have you right. have consequence people decided that they don't like what you have to say right. okay right and well, you can, nobody said you can't say it yeah. maybe they just don't want to pay you for it you can you can do whatever you you can shout on the on the on the rooftops you can shout on the street corner well then you can, okay right okay. but but if you want to get paid you. for it well what do you think about aziz ansari in that in that scope of things um he's you, the one who was uh basically it was the babe.net article about a woman who went on a date with him and they ended up his apartment yeah yes i remember that just kind of Kind of like he douchey. Was, yeah, no, he was he was a derp. He was he was being a douche. Yeah, and but he and he admitted to being a douche. But she, <laughs> right? And it's and being a douche is not illegal. It is completely legal to be a douchebag. Well, and to, yeah. and to try to spend as little money as possible on the person you're trying to sleep with, right? Like that. That's well, the was, gist of what happened. Is that he was like, yeah, I just wanted to get her some oysters to like get her horny and get her back to my apartment so I could sleep with her. And she just, and then she, you know, she was like, he wasn't even trying to buy me dinner before he slept with me. And it's like, okay, but did any did anything happen? Like, did, and she was like, not, no, no. <laughs> okay, well then, what do you? <laughs> that's hilarious. Immediately thought of like butcher shops that sell fish and oysters, being like, "Don't mention us right now." Right? Don't. don't, don't you didn't get them from here. You didn't get them from here. <laughs> the, the Aziz, but yeah, he got. Yeah. I think he got caught in the crossfire because the, it was the it was the, the height of the me. Too, it was the timing. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. The Me Too movement was was in full swing, and right. someone decided to capitalize on that in a situation that, from I, I yeah. believe, from her own statements. Even other women were like, "Nah, you don't. This right. is not. This right, is not right, what we're right, talking right. about right we now." Heard about that? Yeah, and and actually, after follow up was like diluting the message. It was a concern, and it reminded me of Al Franken. Also weird, a little bit different because politically, uh, liberals hold each other responsible for the stupid things that they do. And oh, that's very interesting. That you know what I'm saying? So, so like, so it fits very much in step with liberal thinking. It, with, it yeah, does. that like, but we're not just going to support you because you're on our team. Right, right, right. But also it was just kind of kind of amazing because he had not only crossed over into politics from, from performance, but also like was having a significant voice in these hearings, yep. bringing up a lot of wonderful points yep. and uh, maintaining composure in a, in a, in a congressional <laughs> way yeah. that a lot of congressmen hadn't even had the last few years. Yeah. And so he was kind of a viable, uh, he was valuable, uh, not viable, sorry, he was valuable, but at the same time... That timing was just so amazing, and um, people were not really able to. It was too tense, and that. But also, what he did was wrong too. Oh, I mean, it's not. So it's it's not just that it was at the wrong time. It's also that he did the wrong thing. I don't think I still like. That's so interesting. Just to word it as the word wrong. Like I do think you're right. 
okay. at the same time. Okay, but, but no, really, I feel like a big butt's coming. Really, yeah. Like the thing is, like the idea of being a grown man, a gr- an adult, mm-hmm. any any person who decides to take a photo of yourself uh, putting your hands in a place. I'm trying to think of another example. Like you just pretend like you're like cupping their balls or something. Oh, Whatever. Like do anything like that as a grown person. Especially in a professional setting, it's not. It's not even that it's wrong. It's like why? I don't even like. I understand. I understand jokes as far as I can tell. But do we know that he didn't actually touch her? I, as far as I know, I think he didn't. It's been it's been several years since this has happened, so yeah. I so it's hard that's, for me to remember to bring up the, the well, specifics of whether I or not remember, he actually touched her. I remember that he didn't. If he did, it's an it's it's, it's again. This mm, is why the details matter, right? Like. If he did, I would actually, my entire opening of, to this comment would have been, been different. different. Okay. Absolutely. My impression was that he didn't and he made it look like it in the photo. Okay. But at the same time, she was asleep and it's a professional setting. And the idea that that's funny sounds like something that a 13-year-old would think is funny. But you're also like, I don't even know why you thought that your interpretation of this, when explained later, would save would the circumstance. Would make it better. I don't know why you would think as a grown person that that would explain it. So I'm not even, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I don't align with your definition of wrong because I think it's kind of right. I'm just like, are are we not in our 30s and 40s and like... so the fun what? so the funny thing is this is what? this is kind of where the word where the word entertainment and where comedy cross and it, it and to me it's like well there's this perpetual childhood that that people think of when they think of comedians or, or people who use like you know base level humor it's like it doesn't matter how old you are if you're a quote unquote comedian you can do whatever it does, you don't have to grow up you can oh, that's your very your jokes can be about well, they can be as juvenile as you want them to be and it's okay because I'm a comedian you don't. I don't have to be a grown up. That's so interesting. I think a lot of comedians probably end up in that exact place that you just described. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them talk about feeling like they are in that place. That's why I kind of hesitate to even agree with you on this moment because I feel like so many of them actually seem to be aware of that potential problem. Okay. Like we talk. Like whenever you see open mics filled with like, you know, it's a room that when it's full can hold seventy five people, and there are six comics scattered across the room and there's no real non-comics no real people in there okay and we'll get on stage and really talk about like oh this is great i'm so glad i came i'm so glad i came it's amazing <laughs> i love what i do you know? and it'll get into that whole yeah because you at that point you're just trying to relate to the crowd and wake them up a little bit and the crowd is all comedians mm-hmm. so you're using comic to comic material it's a weird place to be you know yeah i think that part of this is part of what i talked about with the last person who i had on the on the uh the podcast that mm. the episode is literally called will this get me canceled that's literally what, right. what we talked about right so i think the funny thing that's what the negroni show is about the all of it is will this get me canceled <laughs> all of it every episode is we'll will see. this get me canceled mm-hmm. but the funny thing is that there's this idea of like boundaries and how comedy is supposed to like not have the same rules that you have in the rest of life. Comedy right. is supposed to be right. able to break through these boundaries and right, talk exactly. about the ta- the taboo things and say things that are offensive and and we're and society is supposed to be okay with that because mm. it's comedy it's a safe space. Mm. Comedy is there you know it's like the quote unquote there's no safe spaces anymore for you know. It's so interesting to hear it even phrased like that. Yeah. 
You haven't heard that before? No. Maybe maybe in not your not like that. Maybe the rest of us talk I've heard, about that. No, I've heard but... the comedians being like, "Why can't we talk about whatever we want to talk about? It's our space. It's our space." I've heard them be like, "Why mm-hmm. are they oppressing us?" <laughs> Why are they telling us? us we can't talk about this shit? Like, why can't we? This is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, that's so... And, and it's that no one said you can't. We just said we're not going to pay you for it. No one's saying you can't do it. We're saying I don't want to pay you to do right, it. Right, right, right. I'm not going to buy your ticket. Right. <laughs> if you, if that's, a, that's the difference between being censored right. and not being censored. So this is really magical. <laughs> we got to the place because, like, so I hosted a show that was in the cold during COVID, mm. in the winter, in the outdoor street restaurant patio space. Oh, okay. Uh, outside of a, a small restaurant okay. in the East Village. Ooh. And so you hear the cars going by, everybody's wearing coats, and it's uh, the outdoor space has got, you know, tables of two and three <laughs> just going backwards in a line. And I work, I'm hosting, I'm, it's not my show, my friend basically just said, you want to host the show? And I was like, sure. So I my whole job is not to do my set. It's really just to incorporate my jokes into a general atmosphere that gets people excited and happy Mm -hmm. so i get started and i you know i lose myself and i talk to some people and i think i did a decent job of getting people awake and then the first comedian bombed immediately and he leaned into his bomb so hard and it was not a bomb because his material wasn't working it was a bomb because uh he immediately started talking to these two people in like the second row who was a man and a woman and he said, you guys, you guys on a date? And they were like, no. And he was like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I immediately think that's funny, you're wrong. But, I know, but I think it's funny, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> if it is, then it's because I'm, I'm not even being a, uh, 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 braggadocious, but I'm making it funny. This okay. It was not funny okay. when it happened. Okay. <laughs> it was not funny. Okay. You're, you're helping this man's cause. <laughs> you're helping him. And he yeah. shouldn't be. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, well, there's a yeah follow up with him at another time, but um, but he yeah he just basically leaned into it by starting to talk to these two people, asked them if they were on a date. They said they weren't. They said, "What are you doing here?" And they said, "We're coworkers." She said, "She said we're coworkers," and uh, he said, "Oh, so you don't want to date him?" And put it all on her. Yeah. And did the misogynistic shit where it was just like making her answer questions about why he wasn't good enough for her. Ugh. You know what I mean? And leaned into it for three and a half minutes. It's a it's a seven minute set. This is all the Me Too movement's fault. If this had happened before, <laughs> <laughs> and this happened before right, Me Too, everybody would have just chuckled and laughed. Yeah. And then they would have gone home and beat their dog. <laughs> You know, their female dog. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, better have been. Otherwise, it would have all been wrong. Yeah, would have been gay if it was. Would have been dog. totally gay if they beat their male dog. <laughs> Lord, totally gay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he uh, he really leaned into it and spent time. And the I thing I remember at the very end was, um, she was trying to take the microphone away from him. Oh no! Like, physically. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and he said, "Do you want? Do you want to say something?" And she said, "I just want you to say nothing." <laughs> <laughs> that's so much of what women want to say to men so much of the time i just want you to stop talking yeah i just want you to stop talking i don't need to say anything but you need to not say anything i would give you a better review if you stared at not at not even me yeah just just behave and, and process for a minute oh my god mm-hmm. you, you know you know what's it what's funny about that is that Misogyny used to be funny, and and it's it's still funny. It's still funny, right? It's still funny. <laughs> but you, <laughs> but you have to actually be good at like you can say the most Yo. offensive shit you want, but 
but it has to be funny and you have to work at it. it ha- you have to actually put in effort to make it funny now. Right. Whereas we would just laugh at it the 10 years episode, ago. next episode, we're going to be watching Fences <laughs> and discussing the behavior of this uh, mother and father relationship. Yeah. Be, <laughs> I, you, you'll have to bring all the funny to it because I'm going to bring the analysis. So oh, my God. You're going to no. be the one to do that. No. I mean, it, it, well, sure. But it's it's really, yeah, that whole energy of like the way people treat each other. It's really what makes life like worth like what the entertainment industry is based on, how we treat each other. Yeah. You know, we relationships, you know. And, and like I said, 90% of it is abusive. So that guy probably doesn't know that he was behaving. He, I'm sure he was putting on a bit. He was he was acting up. He was doing what he could mm. to get the crowd. But he probably doesn't know that the things he was, he was saying was kind of misogynistic. He probably All doesn't right know that. Here's where the follow-up story with him comes Okay, what's, the, fo- very, very what's well. the follow-up story? So I went to a bar uh, maybe a month or two later where a lot of comics go and do open mic in the back room. And he showed up and I saw him. So it was like within a month after uh, that show happened. Mm. And then a third comic showed up. And when the third comic showed up, this guy says to the third comic, he's like, yo, I bombed like fucking crazy at a show recently. And I was looking at him like, my fucking show? The one you fucked up? Like, I was thinking like this. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shut the fuck up, which is not really my style. I mm. usually just start talking immediately. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say a word. And then I realized as he got into the story that it was a completely different show. And he was just proud of bombing. Oh, he bombed at a different show. At a completely different show, and he wasn't talking about mine. Oh. And he didn't even really care that the, of the, about the significance of him telling that story around another comic who he bombed in front of as well okay. recently. Yeah. So the idea is you become numb mm-hmm. again, and maybe that's also a type of power yes. where you get to not give a shit how many fucking evenings you ruined. <laughs> Sociopathic, psychopath. Yes, very much so. Like I don't, I don't even not quite to that level. But it's 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 a it's a level as well. It's a level of like, oh, I don't care. Like, right? I ruined your night. My night's not ruined. Right. It's like I don't care enough about how I'm affecting you. Right. I honestly don't think that that's sociopathic uh, to a degree. What do you think that is? Narcissism. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but I mean, I don't know if there's, there's probably, and there's probably other words to describe it as well, but I think that we're using psychological terms colloquially, but we, we both know what we're, what we're trying to say. Is yeah. That- we're saying that you base, I'm, I, yeah, I'm basically, I, I am in the sense of narcissism saying it's not that the person doesn't care about human life in general. It's that, that they care about theirs more and they haven't found that out why not to well that's not the i understand what you're saying that's not the definition of psychopathy or sociopathy there are there are specific clinical definitions narcissism the self is more important isn't that really the gist of narcissism you could you could also say that for sociopathy and psychopathy so narcissism has to have other elements that we're not picking up on right now that are different other than just like me me important you not important <laughs> because because that can apply to all well, of those sociology and psychology those definitions kind of do tend to limit when in in their titles they do tend to limit human behavior to that in mm-hmm. the beginning yeah. before you find out the details right right but i mean okay. that's exactly when i think of um you know uh bipolar disorder i'm like there are directions they are extreme <laughs> directions <laughs> it's like a recipe <laughs> <laughs> there are there's left right up and down and i don't know which one's going to happen right. at, at which moment but that that term doesn't explain the person to me mm-hmm. but it explains the condition that is affecting them okay that's all 
I uh, I I can I can respect that as someone who has my well I my diagnosis is bipolar two. Who hmm. knows if that's going to change in the bipolar future? Bipolar two. Bipolar two. There's there's two there's two I, different ones. I, I got really the second one. I feel bad one. that I have jokes in my head already. No, it well, sounds like you, the sequel. You can you can tell the jokes, <laughs> and I'll let you know if they're funny or not. No, you can tell your bipolar jokes. Um, I'm that's <laughs> fine. Because the thing is, I do have a sense of humor, and I'm okay with people. Like I said, I'm okay with offensive jokes, but they have to be the same thing with racist jokes. You can mm. tell all the racist jokes you want, but is it funny? Because if right. it's not funny, you're just being racist. But uh, if it's funny, I have a it's fine. Okay. I have a tester for you. Great. Not mine. <laughs> and actually, you know what? We have a candle in here. Let's light a candle. Let's light a candle. You know, it's for the ambiance. <laughs> this is not videotaped, so nobody cares. Um, once we get the once we get the video once rolling, we get though, the video. We're yeah. Gonna... <laughs> wow. Oh, it was so dramatic. Pop poof. Pop So um, this is, I think, uh, a fair test because it involves. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just tell you the joke. Um, so. Are you familiar with Andrew Schultz at all? I feel like I've heard the name, but, he's but crazy go- motherfucker. Okay. Um, so he says, uh, you know, a lot of feminists get upset when, when you know men make jokes about women not being able to drive. You know what I mean? It's like they get upset, but then you go to Saudi Arabia and it's like, no, we're fucking not kidding. Women can't drive. <laughs> they're not allowed. They're not allowed to drive. That's the joke. Is that they're not allowed to drive? <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> they're not fucking kidding. They can't drive. Get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they? Change, is is am I thinking of the wrong place, or didn't they change that rule recently, or is it a different place that they, they changed that rule? I don't think they changed it in Saudi Arabia. Not in Saudi Arabia. But, you know, I could be behind on my my news, but uh, the joke is newer. Okay, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> but I love that because it's fine. It's, it, re- it's fine it reminds joke. me of Bill Burr jokes because it's more like about like when they're talking about everybody got upset at the um uh. The guy who was on Duck Dynasty for saying a bunch of homophobic shit. It was like he was on Duck Dynasty. I understand that you're upset, but why are you shocked? Right. Why are you shocked and appalled? Yeah. And he was like, this guy has a show about him in a swamp, you know, shooting varmint. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just With his easy top beard. You thought that he was going to have some brilliant ideas about progress. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That was the whole (laughs) angle. And so, like, that, that, yeah, the surprise is always kind of (laughs) interesting. One, not to interrupt you because I do want to hear the bipolar jokes, but wait, way, way back in the day when I when oh, I oh, I really hadn't prepared many. I just, oh, oh, if when you brought it up, I just thought if, the way you, you said it. If you can think of one, I want to hear it. The way you said it, but was no amazing. pressure. But the no, no, I'm I'm open to it because so so one of the things that um that was interesting is way way back in the day, around ten years ago, when I lived in the South for a long time before I moved back up here to get health care, affordable health care. <laughs> Because you can't get that in the South. Um, from the South to healthcare. From the South to healthcare. A black story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Navigating fucking different enemies. Yeah. Oh, um, Jesus. It was, it was kind of funny because way before, like, it was around the Trayvon Martin um, killing. It yeah. was It was around Casey Anthony, even though that is not a racial thing. That is just a crazy thing that, mm. flor- that happens what in Florida. Casey Anthony? Casey, Casey Anthony killed her daughter. Killed her, oh. killed her toddler daughter, and her parents lied for her. But uh, but they knew she did it, but they lied for her to the police, even though they didn't bring this her up on the stand. This is some Brian Laundry shit. The guy who yes. went on the trip with his girlfriend. And, yep. and his parents made that. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, they that protected was some bullshit him. the they, whole way through. The whole way through. And I knew from the beginning. I'm like, oh, she dead. And, yeah. and what sucks about that is I, as I saw the video of the, of the cop interaction they had where she... From from the story that she told, she had attacked him. 
and and you saw the lapel you saw the the what is the camera um you the saw body cam. you saw the body cam yeah. of when i think he called the someone no someone uh, bystanders called the cops because they were fighting outside of like a, gro- a grocery store or something oh, yeah, yeah. and she now i'm sure they it was mutual combat but he's the one who had scratches on him so that's with the police see right, that they right. should have brought her in right. had they brought her in she probably would be alive right. but they were like oh she's this 90 pound little girl it's fine and they let them go and after that is when he killed her. Wow. So when I saw that, I was like, she, and she, of course, when you're in an abusive relationship, she, of course, is making everything her fault. She's like, I hit him. I scratched him, blah, blah, right, blah. He didn't do right, anything right. to me. No, I, I was yelling right, at him. It was, it was all skewed. It was all her. And it was yeah. like, and he has the scratch. And there's physical evidence. The cops had the duty of care to bring her in because she at that time was the perpetrator even if it was just to protect her even right. if they had suspicions that it was the other way around right. they should have brought her in and she probably would have been alive now yeah and they didn't do that because most likely she was a woman mm. yeah makes sense maybe they didn't see it as a threat they didn't yeah so right. and that's and that's well in sucks. the end of the day she didn't end up being the ultimate threat because she was the one who died. Even so, there are but. so many municipalities now where if there's a domestic call, someone goes to jail. We don't care who it is. One of you goes to jail. Because the point is to split you up for right, the night. Right, right, right. And for yeah, whatever no, reason, they didn't do that. I get that. So some, if if one of them, had, even if he, if they brought him in, even if it didn't matter, split them up and maybe right. she would have been alive. Right. So when I saw that, I, and of course, like, of course I knew, like, you could just tell, like, some, right. mm, she's probably not alive. Yeah, and they Even were from filming the beginning. like happy videos like two days before or some shit. Yeah, they were vlo- they were like travel vloggers yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah. Like, look at this amazing park and everything is perfect. Everything's perfect in our lives. It's amazing. Like, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Murder is approaching, but I don't sense <laughs> oh, any no. of it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't sense it. You know what? These, this lavender smells amazing. <laughs> These crystals, and, not, and oh I'm, a, I'm a crystal girl, so I'm making fun of my own kind here. That's right. I believe, <laughs> I, I believe in astrology. I want to know what your sign is. I like crystals. I like I like yeah. lavender and, and the scent of rose petals. I, right. I'm, I'm one of these people, so I'm not murder, just coming after Murder her. is on the rise, but, le- but this lemon time <laughs> is right in front of me. So good. Oh, my God. It'll calm him down when he's in a rage and strangling <laughs> you to death. <laughs> For whatever reason it is today. <laughs> but no, yeah, nobody... Th- nobody would murder someone in a sage field. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody would ever do that. I this caravan today. That's All right. the bad juju should be out of here. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but that's what happens when you're in, you know, when you're in right. an, an abusive relationship. It's no- like we said before, you it's normalized. You manipulate the truth. You, do, you absolutely... You have to do it Both to yourself people. first. Yeah. You have to lie to it yourself before otherwise. you can lie to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So, and you don't think that, oh, he would... N- I mean, like, yeah, he hurts me, but like, he would never like kill me. It's like, right, no, right, right. no, no, no. The threshold for when you should be afraid for your life is before they've ever put their hands on you. Yeah. Because like, other stuff happens way before it's ever gotten physical. No, like imagine, this is some funny shit, so, but like, imagine if you were wearing a t-shirt that the front said, he hurts me, but. <laughs> like literally. That's so terrible, but it's true. You know, like you have the clarity right there. It's like, does the back even does matter? It, I don't even give a fuck what yeah. the back says. <laughs> And I did this. I did this to friends of mine where, I, like, I was, it was part of a joke, but I was like uh, that I was working on. But I was like, whenever you're not sure if a problem that you're having is actually a problem, read it as a headline. Mm. I do that a lot. So True. The simplest one is like, white dude loses job suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever has been happening the last year has been like part of that. Where I'm like, yo, just fucking calm down and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I told that to a friend of mine. All right, I, man, I don't even know if I should bring this up. Probably should, though, because it's podcasting. 
But I told that to a friend of mine who was dating a woman and he was upset that she sort of became two-faced. That's what he felt. Mm. He felt like she had sort of shifted into another uh, person that she was always uh, presenting uh, a very empathetic, helpful, uh, you know, energetic person who's there for you and then just doesn't show up when the fucking time's right. Mm. And so I said, uh, I said, I said that to him about reading your problems as a headline. He's like, what's the problem? Because he's trans. He was like, what's the problem? He was like, trans man gets the shaft again. Something like that. And mm. I was like, no, uh, a, a white woman convinced her partner into believing she was honest. Mm. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, white, white women. But, um, <laughs> but at the same time, I just thought it was, uh, when you read it as a headline, it kind of removes all of the, uh, First of all, all the details, which really make it specifically unique in your own. Right. But it does kind of give you a little bit of a moment where you're like, this is, this is how I, I seem to, uh, to others when I describe my problem. And it also, uh, shows me where I am in the general food chain. Right. In terms of where everybody is, mm-hmm. where, what they're going through on a regular basis. That's really the point of it. You have to, you have to attack every day, attack, you have to approach <laughs> kindly you didn't even, you every to, day. You didn't even think before saying it, you have attack. To, you have to, you have to, you have to address, <laughs> salutate, <laughs> salutate, is that a word? It is, it's, oh, so do you, you want to know something interesting? I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to, I'm going to, wait, wait, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. The word, the greeting and, greetings and salutations. So you know in high school and gra- college graduations. It's just salute. No, no. So there's this, there's a valedictorian and a salutatorian, right? You know, so you know what oh, those are. So no. valedictorian is, has the highest GPA in your mm. school, and they open the graduation ceremony. The and salutatorian is, is the second is RuPaul right. is the second highest GPA, and they close the ceremony. So when we say, um, so we we say greetings and salutations. That right. comes from valid, valediction, which is the opening. Valediction? Valediction and what the- What is valediction? I believe it's the it's the opening of a letter. That's what I believe, like the dear, you know, whatever, oh, I believe. Okay, okay. And the salutation okay. is the closing oh, of the letter. got you. All so right. the valedictorian and the salutatorian come from that. Wow. Even though we don't use valediction anymore, we use greeting. Greetings and salutations. Right, got you. So that's where valed- valedictorian and salutatorian come from. Okay, got you. All right. I just thought right. that that was, that's a little fun fact for you guys out there. If you want to know something that doesn't mean anything at all, anybody but i think is interesting right to mix it with the sort of drunken you know <laughs> thoughts of the of the dude who's basically like if you're white your problems are weird <laughs> some you know. white people problems are valid problems some of them yeah some of, of them we are still people <laughs> as much as we After try all. to fight that image <laughs> and still present ourselves as unfeeling robots <laughs> as much That's evidence- why i love rosamund pike so much because <laughs> okay. she nails the cold-blooded white woman like like better than anybody else I've seen, like Rosamund Pike and Gone Girl. Mm. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay, that that, that is she's either the new, is she, she's a psychopath. She's slash the new sociopath. Glenn Close. I'm saying she's the new well, Glenn Close. Her her character, the character, not yeah, yeah. No, but her in other roles as well. Like she's really amazing at being kind of like freakishly like I have no idea if this person's about to smile or stab me. She's like the woman who in real life who 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 uh claimed she was kidnapped by like Mexicans or something yeah, and. Yeah. And didn't what, what the woman who, who made up the Cherry. shit about Emmett Till? Yeah. Oh, that the oh. woman who oh. absolutely oh. that <laughs> that is the source. Yeah, yeah, that woman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you find that shit out, you're like, really, really. 
White people had so few problems, they had to create problems where there were none, just to get other people lynched. <laughs> they were like, she was like, I'm having just an ordinary day today. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting. It's not that there weren't none. <laughs> well, it's not that there weren't any. It's that, like, if you actually, if maybe, if they, I'm just saying, if they read their problems as a headline, maybe they would have saw that their problems were not really problems. But until you go through that process, it's yeah. still a problem. Yeah. It's like the person who's full of shit, but you look in their eyes, you see they believe their story. They believe it. You know? Like freaking Gabby Hanna. Uh, yeah, they believe their... Or Rachel good. Dolezal. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Here's my opinion on Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> I, I, I feel like when someone get, gets personal gain off of pretending to be a racist, or from a culture that either mm-hmm. being a race or right. being from a culture yeah. that they are not from or Direct not. Direct appropriation. It's, on if a, there's personal. On a, on a huge level. That is a problem. However, her wanting to be black is not a, a problem for me. I don't care about That's that. so I, interesting. I care that she became the president of whatever. Spokane, or, Washington, fucking uh, NAACP. Yeah, that yeah. to me was the problem. Right. The, the other issue is not an issue for me, especially right. if, if you're out there advocating for, for our, for our community and, trying to help yeah but doing it the way you did it yeah and and being honest when someone said so if i ask you right now what is your race are you white or black and she like him right, and hemmed exactly. and hawed and didn't want right, to answer to me if just be honest that's if, what it is if though. you were honest that's and just said is. i'm i'm racially and biologically i am caucasian and i identify as black i would have been like right great that would have even been a space where you could get into i i can i can agree with you on that right it's like, I, I bet, look, I'm sure a lot of people also would still disagree with that. But at the uh, same yes, time, but, yes, but not would, me. even if they did, no, even if they did, they would probably respect that a lot more than, than huffing and puffing and not answering. Yeah. They would still at least have something to address. Right. And be like, what the fuck does that mean? I you mean, identify as well, black. They'd probably say uh, that. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah, but, and she just, worked in a hair salon. Like, the, <laughs> it was the hair that I was like, <laughs> you know what? How many women did you lie to? <laughs> On the way and do that answer whenever they got into it with But you. if you were a good hairdresser, I can't, co- like, we need good hairdressers. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't, I'm not going to complain if you do yeah, it well. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Just be honest. That's amazing. Just be honest. If well, you- that's literally like the Charlie Chaplin, Elvis Presley fucking, you know, when Jim Jeffries was talking, his comedian was talking about, it, he was like, you know, how good to, he said it in a terrible way. He was like, how good do you have to be at what you do to fuck a kid? <laughs> it was like, Mike it was Jackson like, if you're nasty I mean I don't... <laughs> like, and we're still talking about him but like Charlie Chaplin and Elvis Presley was a little more clear mm-hmm. and Elvis was like oh well you know she, he adopted uh, this girl and then basically married her a couple of years later and it was just a weird like if you go from adoption to marriage already oh also um, you know, who's who's Mia Farrow's ex uh, uh, Woody yeah we talked about this the fact that he still goes by Woody I think it's white privilege <laughs> <laughs> Lord, <laughs> <laughs> he still goes by Woody. I, I say that because I had a flat uh, guy in high school who went by Woody, and he was definitely a dirtbag, but a really nice guy. But still a dirtbag in high school. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. Nice guy, but you know, not a dirt. Oh, I'm sorry. That's actually that should require clarification. He was not a dirtbag in terms of the way that he would actually um, make a person feel like they were in a state where they could not get out of. That never happened, as okay. far as I know. Okay. But he did ask a woman at a party if he could throw up in her snatch. What answer did you expect to get? That's exactly There's- my, <laughs> like, the whole idea is like, are you just a terrible comedian? 
Right. Or are you a uh, are you a person who hasn't? Are you like a tadpole that needs to become a fucking butterfly? Like I don't know what. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> science doesn't work like no, that. But I'm trying but to talk about. We get what you're it. saying. A, pu- a pupa or a caterpillar that yeah, needs to become yeah, a butterfly. Yeah. The transition has not <laughs> happened yet. I don't know if that's what it is. But like the dude was in. He was like 18 and you know 17 years old in this midwestern community and like i, I guess just nobody ever fucking slapped him for saying <laughs> terrible things or they slapped him for no reason i don't know i can't tell i i would guess the other but you never know you know sometimes people know. sometimes people end up like that because they don't know why they're getting slapped around it's right. for no reason at all right no of course the reaction of you know bad kids do bad shit to get caught mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know because it's at least it's attention yep you know, at if least you someone's can't paying get, attention to you. If you can't get positive attention, you'll settle for negative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, positive has not been working. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where were we? Um, <laughs> way, way, way back in the conversation, I was about to explain um, how I feel about Dave Chappelle and... Oh, well, let's go back to that. What was the other... Uh, and Louis C.K. C.K. 